Another episode of Mon Men. I am Yanata Blue here with Michael Darling once again. And this week we're joined by Ethan Halsmer. Ethan, thanks so much for coming by. Uh, we're excited to have you here. Yeah, excited to be here. And I gotta say, we're glad for this week's resident poke expert sitting in the third chair. Ethan, if you could give us a little bit of a background on your experience with the Pokemon universe and just your fandom. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been a big fan of Pokemon. I think that might have been the first fictional property I think I ever really got into otherwise other like other than you know your standard like orange VHS Nickelodeon movies it's like <laughs> at age five my neighbor showed me his copy of yellow and then I got crystal for my first game wow. um, oh nice and yeah yeah, yeah. and then uh, after a frustrating like, first half first game era, ever or first ever. game in Pokemon first, oh, okay. first, first Pokemon okay my right. first game might have been huh. that's right. another good one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. man you were born in a my parents had their, age My parents had, they, they, had their, they had their fingers on the pulse and stuff. They did their research. Um, my first one was Tetris, which that's cool. when I'd go to bed, my mom would play it. Uh, Russian propaganda is what that is. <laughs> Says you, imperialist dog. Well, while we're speaking of games, I have a game I'd like to play with you, Ethan. Would you like to? Absolutely. Oh, wait, All wait. Right. Well, before we do that, are you still following the franchise currently? Oh, or? yeah, yeah. No, I'm yeah. still a huge fan. I was really, really happy with... Um, uh, even though I, I, I understand a lot of the complaints that come about the gameplay, I was really happy with Gen 7. Hmm. And I'm looking forward to the 2019 Switch title that's going to be coming out soon. That's going to be wild. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Me too. I'm getting back into it, as I've noted on previous episodes. Darling has been uh, cracking the whip on me and Let's Go Eevee okay. for the past week because I got distracted by Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm doing my best to get back into it. But what I think can help me get back into it is another game of Mon Mon. Great. So, Do we have any other game we play? <laughs> so this week's episode, uh, we're going to cover three families of Pokemon. Mr. Darling, if you'd like to give us a summary of this week. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, your Pokemon this week are... A cat with a coin in its head, a cat with a jewel in its head, a duck that constantly has a headache, a duck that has a different kind of jewel in its head, and then two monkeys that are constantly angry to the point that one of them has that anime anger mark. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the head trauma special tonight. All right, so let's see which one of our Pokemon concussion, masters. headache, oh. uh, you know, blown gasket Pokemon my mom is talking about this week. Gentlemen. <laughs> Pokemon looks like a cousin of the Tasmanian Devil. I will name it Parhalan. Okay, as the guest, Ethan, would you like to offer your guess first? Alright, so I'm I'm assuming, based on the Tasmanian Devil cue, mm-hmm. that it's either Mankir Primate. You don't think that Daffy Duck could be a cousin of the Tasmanian I Devil? I don't, I, I mean, she could be getting her Looney Tunes references crossed, but I feel like your mom is probably on top of that. So I'm going to imagine, though, the, the fact that Tasmanian Devils would spring to mind mm-hmm. is I, I'm going to guess Primate because it has a more like angry ener- energy to it. Okay. Than Mankey okay. does. Uh, I don't think you've ever gone over the rules. I'm assuming I'm allowed to guess the same guess. You are allowed Good. to guess yeah. the same guess and potentially lock the lead, at least. This is true. It's a defensive move. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with Primate also because, as I mentioned, it's got that anime anger mark that is permanently part of its body and that just strikes me as a Tasmanian devil kind of quality. And nobody wants to change their guess to the Daffy Duck lookalike. I'm just going to make sure of that. Tempting, but I think I'm good. It is not Duck Without Stick. 
It is not Duck Without Stick, and it is not Primeape. Unfortunately, the scoreboard remains locked at two to one. It is Mankey, actually. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I just thought there was too much going on with Primeape to let, that sure. would give it away if she like caught on to details and stuff like that. So I just went with the super simple naked monkey. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, so she's calling it Sprangalang. Why is that? So Sprangalang, actually, and this is a... Uh, you guys have probably noticed that my mom has a little bit of an accent. It's a okay. Trinidadian accent. Okay. Um, which I, I was born in Trinidad. My mom is from Trinidad. I, uh, you can probably hear my accent, too, if you listen really closely. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> yeah, I was for a second. I was like, maybe I'm just not perceptive enough. Yeah, all the white people in the room just got confused. <laughs> yeah, you could you could have said any you could have said anything, and I would have been like, yeah, no. Mon man, the Wokemon podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sprangalang is actually a very famous Trinidadian comedian where we come from. Really? So just entirely localized to Trinidad because his comedy was very focused on Trinidadian culture, Trinidadian upbringing, and stuff like that. So it didn't translate well off the island, but got it. Funny shit if you're from Trinidad. Yeah. Um, but we'll get to Sprangalang, a.k.a. Mankey, much later on. For now, we're going to start off with the uh, cat with the first head implant. Um, <laughs> implant. Mr. Darling, if you could cue us up with the bio. All right. It's Meowth, that's right. Uh, normal type Pokemon, except in Sun and Moon in Alola, where it is a dark type. And you first encounter this bad boy at Route 5, which is that one over by the daycare, if that helps you jog your memory. Because, you know, Route 5, that's so recognizable as a number. Uh, and interestingly, it was exclusive to the blue version. So there's another Pokemon that I managed to get because of my weird fixation with going opposite my uh, type choosing. Yeah. So, but Vulpix was the one I really wanted. Yeah. Um, so that being said, I am a huge fan of Meowth just across the board, and I mean we're we're actually dealing with a couple a couple show icons here today. It's like, true, true icons, and then another Pokemon yep. was very heavily featured in the show, um, in a really great episode overall. Well, I think all three of these were owned by main cast members. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Meowth that's line true. was owned by Team Rocket. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't even know if owned is the correct nomenclature there, because that opens up a whole can of worms <laughs> about ethics. If it's yeah. sexy, is it? I, I think he was more of a partner, and then yeah, he doesn't. Well, I mean, I guess that's the well, point of the show is they're all partners. Yeah. You're not using them. Well, they're I mean, he doesn't know friends. any moves because he taught himself how to talk, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, he doesn't live in a pokeball. He just hangs out with them. So yeah, he's free range. Yeah, and then yeah, he's Misty. Misty has Psyduck, and then um, I think Ash had a Primate, right? Yep. yep, Ash had a Primate. That's a that's it's a great episode, which we'll touch on when we get to his section. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, we got some Ash being an idiot Persian. moments today. It's going to be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Giovanni. Yeah, You're Giovanni. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ash is dad. really nice to that Persian, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. That per that Persian was as attached to Giovanni as my little hound hour is to me. I love how <laughs> Meowth was intimidated by that Persian. I would be. Yeah, I took it as like a very jealous. I took it. As, uh, we've talked about this before. I've took it as like a jealousy thing, where I thought the story was that Meowth had learned to speak to try to impress Giovanni. Okay. But it turns out that the show actually hmm. completely overrode that theory, which was that Meowth actually learned how to speak to impress another female Meowth. Oh, Meowzy. So, yeah, Meowzy. Yeah. Um, and it was like a whole Hollywood episode? I yeah, he went, he went out to Hollywood, which adds another whole thing about like the weirdness of Poke Earth. Oh, yeah, the geography of it. Yeah. Uh, he went out to Hollywood and to try to become an actor, and so he learned how to talk, which he explains that's also why I don't know how to do anything else. And his basis for learning how to act was all 1930s films, right? Because I believe that's why so. He speaks with okay, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, that, that explains why he fits in with Jesse and James, though. Like yeah. they both have these really, really like idealized romantic views of the world, you know? 
Oh, uh, yeah, Meowth is a charmer. I love him as a character in the show. And then as a Pokemon, it's adorable. It's a very great little house pet kind of Pokemon. And somehow his bit never got old. Mm -hmm. We yeah. talked about Jigglypuff getting drilled into the ground and just becoming, like, so annoying after the third time that whole song and dance routine came up. But, like, Meowth. Literally. I, like, I, yeah. Meowth. I think because Meowth was able to do more than one joke since he could talk and all that. It's still weird to me that he could talk, but he never got a name. Everyone just sort of called him by his species. Meowski yeah. has a name. Yeah. If it's still halfway played on her species, I, maybe it's just like, maybe he has a name and yeah. everyone's like, they just call me Meowth because I'm the only Meowth around. <laughs> I think uh, I think maybe it might have just been that his trainer was as lazy as I am and just left his name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a stray, I believe, whereas Meowzy was owned. So That makes more yeah. sense. So Meowzy had a nickname, whereas Meowth was just a stray Meowth. And... You know, when they're doing the Team Rocket introductions, he's always like, Meowth, that's yeah, right. But he also has, like, one of the few distinctions of being, like, the only character in the anime that I can remember breaking the fourth wall. Um, mm. So he also... James did every once in a while. Like, in the movies. He, mm. like, like, I remember in the Entei movie, he... Oh. He mentions Minnesota in the Ante movie, which was crazy to me because as a kid I lived there. <laughs> because they say something about Vikings and he makes a Minnesota joke. And then... Um, uh, so as a kid you must be... I was like, like whoa! <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, he makes some joke about like the movie's rating is going to change or something. Oh, in, in, in yeah. Time. Like the you know are all swarming around. He makes some joke to that effect. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think... I remember Team Rocket had a tendency to, if not fully break it, like Meowth would more yeah, often than the other two. About it. Yeah. yeah, he flat out. I remember the one that I always remember is him. Like I think they were in like an ice box or something like that. But he just said like, "Oh my God, what happened to my nose? Oh right, the animators didn't draw me with a nose." <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Very Bugs Bunny. Mm. But yeah. So this is a this is another one of the Pokemon with an Alolan type. So yes. we're talking about we're talking about classic top shelf garden variety Coca Cola classic Meowth, but. Mm. How do we feel about Dark Alolan Meowth? Because I've got feelings, and those feelings are very, very good. Well, I think for a change. <laughs> I think Dark Alolan Meowth works. I don't really have any opinion on it, because I think it's close enough to the original Meowth design with just enough of a uh, like, lore reason for being different. It's not like the other ones that have clear distinctions of, like, this is clearly a different type and a different uh, ability and everything. Whereas the Alolan Meowth is just darker in color and darker in nature. Yeah, I think that fits. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, again, like I said before, I'm a big fan of Gen 7 for a lot of reasons. And I think one of the major reasons is they hit it out of the park with a lot of their visual designs. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite Pokemon designs came in Gen 7, mm. 6 and 7. And um, I, I get why people reacted negatively to Alolan Persian, even though <laughs> I've warmed up to it over time. But I Alolan thought. Meowth, I think, is Great. Mm. I think I think just like the sort of sassier look that it's got, <laughs> you know, it, it, it fits. Yeah. It gives it a lot of immediate visual personality. Yeah. But as far as Alolan forms go, I think it's still hard to beat Alolan Muck, which is like oh. top five all-time Pokemon designs for me. Just any variant. Like I just love the way that thing. Looks. Rainbow cotton candy. It's so it's so <laughs> well, it's, it's like, so much. It's uh, like oil on water and everything. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the which gives like an island pollution vibe. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I really hope they continue the kind of Alolan regional remixes yes. of Pokemon in future generations because I've complained time and again about on this podcast about how certain designs I feel are phoned in, and I feel like Mega Evolutions are one way that they found to kind of. Redeem Even themselves. If they kind of dropped that, which was disappointing. Like yeah. Gen Seven, they, they didn't really bring them back for much. Hmm. You know? Yeah, it feels like they want to do something new with every generation in that respect. Because like Gen Six was about Mega Evolutions, Gen Seven was regional variants and, and Z, -moves. Z moves. So, although one could theorize that like Z moves were supposed to be in the unmade Pokemon Z, 
with yes. the whole Zygrade quest that we that got in Sun Moon, sense. which doesn't really make sense for that legendary to be in the Sun Moon Pokedex otherwise. But yeah. we're yeah. getting several generations ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, I mean, sure. One thing that I am glad that they've started doing more and more of are Pokemon unique moves. Like, so yep. moves that are unique to the Pokemon, and Meowth is one of the first Pokemon that we saw in Gen 1 that had a move that was all its own, that was unique to it, and fit its, like... And I think has stayed unique, has it not? Like, I don't think any other Pokemon any can other learn Heyday I, I mean, Smeagol, technically. Oh, but, yeah, that's true. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't yeah. know. I'll look that up. I'll double-check that. But Heyday... Because I lamented the fact that um, Caterpie in the Pokedex is noted from Gen 1 as having this, like, stink move. Yeah. That doesn't manifest anywhere in its moveset. Um, but Meowth, on the other hand, is obsessed with shiny items. Yep. Thus, Meowth are noted as collecting coins and things like that. It's a very magpie-like characteristic. And it has a move, an attack move, that is very unique to that in the fact that it throws money. Uh -huh. that it wouldn't share with you otherwise, even no. though you own it. So, like, that's how you can farm money. I, and, I, I, and it's weird, too. I feel like if I was going to look at the actual world of Pokemon, I would imagine Meowth coins are considered, like, non-viable currency. <laughs> just because of the inflation risk issues that a oh, PB20 move just presents, you know? I mean, what's that, uh, what's the the Sniffler or whatever from Fantastic Beasts? That's oh, the oh, Niffler. Yeah. Niffler, yeah. Yeah, the Niffler. There we go. That yeah. constantly is going after shiny objects. I, that's kind of what I picture Meowth being. It's the Pokemon universe's Niffler. Got it. So it's throwing money. It's already hoarded. For yeah. whatever reason, I imagined it producing the money. Like the jewel. <laughs> but I guess I didn't think that straightforward. It just because... pulls the coin yeah, off it its like head. Yeah, it's like a magician thing. Where it just <laughs> yeah. Or like every time it pulls the coin off its there's head, there's another, another one. one behind yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, that's how I imagine it. Because the animation in the in like... Over like in, in the original early games is like the coin kind of going like yeah you know all right i did looked that it up <laughs> i looked it up meowth and persian are the only ones who can learn it naturally oh. but it has been available as a tm since gen one so like your pikachu could learn payday if you wanted to got it uh and then hopip and purloin can learn it through breeding yeah that's a that's like purloin a i get but hopip is a weird one yeah yeah so along with the kind of regional <clears throat> remixes i kind of hope that they continue with creating unique moves because we've seen that for pikachu pikachu now has full tackle mm. yep um and other pokemon have gotten pokemon oh. unique moves there's been unique moves since the start because like there was that tm remember how you'd have to take surf across the small little pond in mm. celadon to go talk to that old man who'd give you the tm for soft boiled yep. a move that only chancy could learn oh yeah good point that was really weird yeah and chancy we'll get to chancy but yeah we're now slipping back down into my pit of hatred <laughs> not a fan of chancy the nurse pokemon are you <laughs> it he, it's there to help heal my pokemon oh you're such a lover it provides lucky eggs yeah That's Ooh, huge. lucky eggs are good okay guys you enjoy your lucky egg omelets <laughs> <laughs> don't come hey. crying to me when you don't get double experience points i bet you they serve that for 4.99 at pokemon universe denny's lucky <laughs> egg omelets <laughs> Imagine living in the Pokemon universe and still working at Denny's. <laughs> Can you imagine living in the Pokemon universe, having these like much more obviously sentient creatures, and not being a vegetarian? Yeah. Well, that gets into the issue of are there regular animals? Like, I mean, I maintain that there are, if only because there they're are. like the Pokedex always references it like a yeah. cat Pokemon or a fire salamander Pokemon or something silly like that. Because we're in this weird place now where we're talking about a Pokemon who to start the episode, taught himself English. He taught himself human mm -hmm. speech. 
And that apparently wasn't like that weird a concept. It was just his choice of how to use his XP cap. Yeah, true. He decided to max out his levels using Rosetta Stone. (laughs) So I wonder if, like, if you're in a world where Pokemon, if they're given access to proper education, (laughs) are suddenly these intelligent, viable. They use they they use yeah yeah they they use their experience points to be able to learn new skills, which brings us to this podcast's first sponsor, Skillshare. Skillshare. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! The thing I love uh, just about Pokemon in the English language or human languages is how I think it was Nine Tails, one of its Pokedex entries, mentions how it can learn human. It can understand human speech. And I read that and I'm just like, then what am I yelling at all of the other Pokemon yeah. for? What Do they just know to do the move because they recognize the sound that I'm making eventually? And I'm going to go down a really weird path here that just occurred to me. It's very Ayn Rand objectivist that you can only learn so much in this life. Okay. Like Meowth is still alive. It's still kicking for like, what, 10 years of this show? Mm-hmm. But it cannot learn a single other thing because it already learned all it can. You are a limited being. You have your potential and you reach that cap and that's all you can donate to society. What the fuck, Pokemon? But <laughs> <laughs> on a happier note with Meowth, Meowth The champ shrugged. <laughs> Meowth has also been featured on some other cross-platform things. Darling, you found this one for oh, us. Oh, yeah, okay. So one of my favorite things. Uh, so there was Meowth Party, which was a CGI animated music video, which first time any of the Pokemon were depicted in CGI. Uh, well... Yeah, give or take Smash Brothers, I'd say. And, well, okay, well, it's the first... Yeah, and Stadium was N64 too. Okay, so it was the first time that they were depicted in good 3D graphics, let's put it that (laughs) way. And so it was used... First, they aired it after an episode of the show, and then they used an enhanced version of that for the Nintendo Space World 2000 GameCube demo version. Well, demo video. Uh, And so... Uh, what was interesting was that a lot of people assumed, like, oh, is this going to be a game? Because here are all of these incredible 3D renderings of Pokemon, and Meowth's got a guitar, and he's singing a song about himself because Meowth, uh, to the point where the Meowth trophy in Smash Brothers Melee is Meowth with the guitar. Oh, but, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was just a tech demo. Like, there's also a Link and Ganondorf fight that was included on that tech demo that people were excited for thing like oh, this is yes. going to be I do remember that yeah. because people thought that was going to be and then Wind Waker happened mm. and everyone was like that's not what we were shown mm. like yeah yeah, yeah yeah I love how we're talking about tech demos that did not live up to hype or deliver on hype and I'm the one that has to mention Final Fantasy 7 third all right well I guess I'll skip over that because the internet's already been yelling about that for 15 years now <laughs> but um you know what Meowth what the Meowth tech demo actually reminded me of is just I was thinking of the Persona series, and Persona 4 is one of my favorite games of all time. Brilliant game. If you're not into RPGs, if you are into RPGs at all, you're going to love this thing. But Persona Up All Night. Like, I love it when you see characters repurposed in those kind of quirky ways, and the exception that proves the rule is that one Star Wars game that had Han Solo dancing to it. Jesus Christ. That was what, like Star Wars Connect or something? Yeah, you know, they're was... doing, like, a Persona dance, like, Persona 5 dance one, also. Good. Yeah. <laughs> they can take my money. Star Wars, George Lucas, Disney. Cool that you've gotten enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, they'll own everything in the end. My name's Michael Darling, and they're gonna own me. Your name's Baloo. This podcast... Yeah, you're already proprietary. Like, yeah. Half we're... of your name... Buddy, we're both fucked. We're Disney property. 
Yeah, no, that's why this podcast is so popular. Is because we're already owned by Disney. We've got their marketing power behind us. <laughs> Come on, guys. See, um, Captain Marvel's in theater now. But yeah, you theater? know, only one. Only one theater right now. But get ready for another great transition in a long line of great blue transitions, which is, you know what has great marketing power behind it? Giovanni's Pokemon, Persian. Let's talk about Persian. Okay. <laughs> well, one, one thing about Meowth before we go, we didn't even bring up what inspired this whole monster. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. You ever, so have you ever been to a Chinatown and see, or a Chinese or Japanese restaurant and seen one of those little lucky cats that's waving at you? That is the inspiration for this Pokemon. Uh, Blue, you found out this information. If you would tell us more. Yeah, this is, uh, and again, apologies for mispronouncing this if I do, but uh, Maneki Nikko um, is a representation of the luck that cats are believed to represent. Um, so there are a bunch of folklore tales where cats, when being visited by kindness from different people, repay that kindness by bringing that person prosperity. So shop owner adopts a stray cat and he's down on his luck, he's going out of business, but once he has this cat and has shown it some kindness, the cat starts bringing and ushering customers to his store for him, and he becomes rich. Gotta say this, what number is Meowth in the Pokedex? 52. What number is Pikachu? 25. I don't know if this inversion was intentional or not, but I think it is funny that these two are kind of the show's main character Pokemon throughout the 20 odd years it's been on. And they have reverse numbers of each other. And Meowth is kind of the genesis of Team Rocket's fixation with Pikachu mm. from the get-go because it's him in episode two when they like confront Ash at the Pokemon Center where they're recovering. Yep. And he says, this Pikachu far exceeds its evolutionary level and capabilities. And it's like, you're not a Pokemon professor. Who are you to make that claim? <laughs> I mean, as we... You're just a cat that learned to speak English. Yes. <laughs> hey, well, he also speaks Pokemon a little bit. Like, I think we see him later on in the show at some point translating for another Pokemon. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that does mean that animals, that they're capable of language, uh, that Pokemon are capable yeah, of language here. So Ninetales isn't special. There's that episode, I think yeah. we were talking about this last time. There's that episode where everyone gets stranded, mm -hmm. all the Pokemon get separated. Yes. And so Meowth is basically the audience surrogate speaking on behalf of all the Pokemon so that we understand what the fuck is going on because otherwise it's going to be 20 minutes of Pika Pika. Well, I think, yeah. that's, I think that's also one of the few episodes where they gave the Pokemon subtitles and that's why I recall hmm. being able to know that yeah. like Arbok and, oh, yeah. and yeah. Uh, Weezing were able to tell the other guys like, hey, we don't hate you. Like, yeah. it's just what Jesse and James It's just work. It's yeah, all key, it's, babe. Yeah, it's it's the Pokemon version of like the Christmas of World War One, where they come out to play. <laughs> soccer like it's just a job. It's not anything personal. It's just we're being made to do this by greater powers. <laughs> darling, uh, darling was a history major in college, so you just delight. Okay, to yeah, yeah. End. I love that this is the most anti-imperialist Pokemon podcast in the world. <laughs> so my whole thing is, and here's a weird thought for you regarding the Alolan Persian and regular edition Persian. I actually feel like regular edition Persian, if you swap them with their Alolan and regular variants, they actually look like more logical evolution. If you darkened other. the Persian up. Yeah, yeah. 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 switch the colors, yes. but like the design, like yeah. the overall shape. No, I agree. Alolan yeah. Persian looks like a more logical evolution for regular Meowth, and re classic yes. Persian looks more regal. 
than to match a lowland mm. meow. Though it depends on what you mean by regal. Some 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 civilizations thought that looking super inbred meant you were royalty. <laughs> and, um, a wow. I mean, looks out. like its parents were both. Shout out to Spain. Shout out to Europe in general. <laughs> yeah, you ever seen? Uh, God, was it Goya? I think. Yeah, Goya painted those paintings of Charles V. I want to say, and yeah, he just went all in. He didn't bother trying to make them look pretty. He was just like, these are the ugliest motherfuckers in yeah. the world, and so they're also the most powerful. Works. Yeah. I'm just thinking of that first season episode of Thirty Rock, oh my where God. they go to like yes. the party <laughs> for the crown prince of like yeah. some like Liechtenstein. Thank you for coming to my birthday party. It's like my favorite episode. I love it. It's the doll hand, the fucking doll hand. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Episode. Yeah. Oh I think God. that's the moment when the show really took a turn for greatness. But yeah, I mean, my argument is for the Pokemon episode or for the uh, poker episode. But mm. I have, I actually have a future episode of this podcast that that will feature heavily in. It is weird that there is an episode where they use the term Pokemoning to refer to having <laughs> like six different lovers who all have different qualities. With Ryan Lochte as the sex idiot. <laughs> it's just so perfect. We did not deserve that show. Yeah. So Persian. So Persian. The designs, on, yeah. Touching on the lore aspect of it, because we already just touched on the Meowth lore aspect, um, this actually is weird that they go in this direction with it, because so far the lore we've kind of touched on with the Pokemon we've referenced the lore for has been very, like... Um, Asian-centric, like Chinese, Japanese lore, but in this case, we're drawing from Latin American lore with the Carbuncle, which is a little creature that has a gem in its head. Um, and I suppose more than like folklore or a myth or a legend, it's more of a cryptid that people believe they've seen, kind of okay. like the Chupacabra, like the Bigfoot. Um, I have not seen any blurry pictures of Carbuncle, but <laughs> you know what? We'll just put it in there more in the Loch Ness section of... Uh, of that kind of creature. But that being said, I'm a big fan of the Persian design, but I just think it's basically a cougar. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot yeah. to say about it's, it. It's especially in Gen 1, a lot of them were just an animal, right? Seal. Oh, God. Is just a seal. Do you think? And they named it Seal. Seal. Do you think in the Pokemon <laughs> universe, Seal, the singer, spells his name S-E-E-L? Absolutely. Okay. Is he named after the animal in real life? Or is he named after either the Navy branch or the wax? Like... <laughs> the wax seal? <laughs> I mean, I'd like to think that... all inside. I'd like... I'd like to think that they're the Navy S-E-E-Ls as well. Yeah, that actually, I can see that happen. I think it's like an ironic thing because I feel like he breaks the seal on all our hearts. Yeah. That's true. Ashley Wednesday A spectacularly beautiful chick And I'm going to apologize for you all having had to listen to Seal's song from Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Yeah, I love that. I'm yeah. going to edit that into the episode. Oh, I mean, the Ashley Wednesday song is great. But yeah, I mean, we're also... So, speaking to Persian, we're also talking to, like, actual game like tech and design and gen one got a lot wrong in terms of balance and yeah. everything like mm -hmm. that absolutely but weirdly enough persian is an example of the fact that they didn't just haphazardly put throw numbers throw darts at a board to determine everybody's thing like they actually did create some pokemon that are not that great yeah um <laughs> and persian's definitely one of them when it comes to his stats he's depressing he's got he's got okay speed which 
back in Gen 1, speed de determined your critical hit chance, mm -hmm. so it was definitely better to have a good speed back then. But his attack was 60, which for reference is about as much as a Torchic has, and less than a Pineco, or God. a Stunfisk, or a Dunsparce has. Dunsparce, really? The flat cave fish, based on the Ouroboros, is stronger than the, 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 the small tiger. Dunsparce, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking, and again, for reference, because we haven't gotten to these Pokemon yet, in case you guys are listening and not that familiar. You have access all... to Bulbapedia. We don't have to explain these things. Pineco's a pine cone, <laughs> and these are all level one of their of their relative evolutionary yeah. trees. So yeah. this is or, an evolved Pokemon. And in Dunsparce's yeah. case, it's the only level, and it's a total joke of a Pokemon. Yeah. Throw your Pokeball, get in your Pokedex, move on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so I mean, Persian is just purely an aesthetic Pokemon. It just yeah. looks great. But you don't Giovanni. really use it for anything, yeah. You do not use it for anything except for mm. filling out your Pokedex. Especially when, like, other Pokemon in this gen, like Tauros, exist. That just do mm. the same type, fill that same niche of, a, of an mm. offensive, but, but way, way, way better in every other way. Yeah. yeah. I pull better stats. I don't think I've ever used a pure normal type Pokemon in a run of a game at all. Because really? like not Snorlax? You know, surprisingly not Snorlax. Snorlax, okay. I think, is, like, one of those few exceptions where it's like, yeah, of course he would be one to use. Uh, Regigigas in okay. Gen 4 also, I guess, would be one of those, because it's got incredible stats, I seem to recall. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the normal type for me have always been kind of dex fillers, unless it's one of those weirdos that's normal slash something else. Yeah. Like, Giraffe Rig, I used in a Heart Gold playthrough. Uh-huh. I feel like it's one of those things where you're kind of playing rock, paper, scissor against everyone else that's playing you. And we touched on this in, I think, the Clefairy episode where I said that with the retconning of creating the fairy type as, like, a major type, yep. they made it strong against all the types that the kind of person who would reject a fairy out of <laughs> hand <laughs> would pick. Yes. Yeah. And it seems to me like, I wonder if, and just thinking over some of the strengths that I know normals have, I just feel like normal might subtly have the same kind of advantage, like the kind of person who would say, normal's too boring. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I want cool, like... The, and it's the kind only of, normal types only strength though is that it is completely resistant to ghost. Everything else that way still. Like and they usually have the most versatile move pool. That's true. They do have the weirdest move pools. And that's there. where you can like, even if you're dealing with a type. So like, you have a type that yeah, it has some weaknesses, but it doesn't have a whole lot of like double weaknesses or anything like that. Or, mm. Anything yeah. and so you're dealing. I think it's, it's just also weak to fighting. I think that's the only fighting. weakness. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But once you get your TMs and all that stuff, you have a type that you can mm. potentially teach a versatility of moves to that's cover true. a multitude yeah. of types that kind of covers whatever. Because at this point, we're dealing with how many different types? Twenty-one different types of. Pokemon? Uh, no, we're at uh, eighteen right now. Okay. Yeah. So we're dealing with eighteen types of Pokemon. You have six in your bench. You know, you can afford to have people have your Pokemon in the other five slots be a little bit more specialized, and then have your Swiss Army knife Pokemon yeah. be a mm. normal. And I know in the competitive scene, usually normals are dedicated to walls, so you'll see hmm. Snorlax. You'll see a lot of times. Uh, 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 we're just talking about them. Why am I forgetting their name? Regigigas? No, no, no. Um, no, no. Um, um, egg. Lucky Egg. Why am I forgetting their name? Chansey. Oh, Chansey. Chansey. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blissey, that's a technically. Yeah. Because they can just Jesus. take so much. Like yeah. normal types have a disproportionately high HP stack compared to a lot of other types. So is that oh, like an like, opening? Is that like the Pokemon you put in your first slot so that it goes out and just can absorb whatever the You usually put like a sleeper is? or something in your first slot. That, okay. That'll either lay down or something that'll lay down like, especially later in once moves like Stealth Rock and stuff were instituted. Oh, your first Pokemon is one that can set up environmental hazards mm. and switch out. 
<laughs> and then you switch into Blissey, which is super resistant to essentially everything other than a really powerful fighting move. Yeah. Because its HP pool is just so massive. Well, I remember in Pokemon Go, Blissey was for a while there a tank to the point where they had to change how combat power is balanced just because, like, you would put a Blissey in there, it's got over 3,000 CP. And your best bet is a Machamp, but this Blissey probably knows like Psychic or some yeah, fairy move. Yeah, some crazy, like yeah. something that'll damage the Machamp easily. Yeah. And I think the best testament to our original statement here of just how mediocre Persian is, is the fact that we just spent the past five minutes talking about other talking. normal types. <laughs> no, yeah, You're right. See, all, all the strengths we just mentioned about normal types. Persian has none. Bulk, usability. Persian has none of them. And even Elosian Perlin, even though it has the, the different type, mm -hmm. it's just, it's still just lackluster. Why would you pick it when you could, there's so many other dark types out there mm. that you could snag up and... Yeah, and we talked about the one use that I found for Meowth and Payday, or that I didn't even take advantage of, because uh -huh. mediocre Pokemon, um, in Gen 1 was farming money, when yeah. money was like a limited resource in those Gen 1 games. God, even, I'm looking at it right now, and even <clears throat> it's like out of... Uh, type move pool is terrible. Like, it only naturally learns, like, uh, as the Alolan Persian, some psychic moves, but otherwise it just learns some dark and fairy moves. Yeah, its TM pool isn't that great either. Like, it gets a couple, like, electric and ghost and poison moves, but outside of that, nothing special. Yeah, and I mean, uh, considering that normals are only weak against ghost, if you wanted anything to, like, undermine that, you kind of wanted something that ghost is weak to. Yeah, something with so, dark, some good dark moves up and Yeah, mm. and if you're already using dark Persian, then yeah. you're just going to leave a ghost out against that yeah. anyway. So, mm -hmm. um, but so that, so. let's get to the design thing, because we touched on that, but the design was a controversy when they unveiled Alolan Persian, yeah. this Garfield-looking motherfucker. <laughs> it looks like it ate a bee. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I've kind of come full circle on Garfield, where like I've made, I've given Garfield so much shit over the years that I've come back around and realized that Garfield might actually be brilliant. <laughs> it's a great marketing. It's a, it's a brilliant marketing move. Brilliant I mean, I think marketing. Jim Davis has said that he's focused more on marketing this cat than anything involving humor. I um, yeah. Two things about Jim Davis. Jim Davis kind of hates the cartoon itself. Like, I would if that was what I was remembered for. <laughs> yeah. Like, he wrote like a, he wrote a he wrote a, Gar, a Garfield strip where Garfield wakes up and it turns out that he's a straight yeah. cat that's been dreaming yeah. all this yeah. shit. Um, but See, then he could have done more stuff like that though. It's not like Garfield wouldn't have been less marketable if he just made it weird. He like, could have turned it into Garfield 2.0. That yeah. Such a <laughs> so it is kind of his fault that he made a bland character. Like, mm. um, but at the same time, like I do kind of respect the fact. Like I, I had one of those moments where, and I tweeted this. I think two months ago, and I said that when you really think about it, Garfield hating Mondays is subtly brilliant because he's a cat and he hate he's supposed to hate everything because cats are assholes. It doesn't <laughs> matter whether or not he works. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. That but he loves one like. <laughs> he loves lasagna though. He loves lasagna. So yeah, people were not a fan of a lowland Persian where he was unveiled just because like. They take this elegant, deadly-looking cat and turn him into uh, the doofiest-looking thing. It like Garfield if he ate a bee. As, well, yeah, yeah. Look at its competition. That was around the same time they were unveiling like Alolan Ninetales. Yeah, right. It's it's oh. it's it's like going out after the prom queen. Like like and, yep. and uh, after like a, a, like a particularly bad like acne spell. It's like having to do stand up after Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. It's like nobody's gonna. Yeah, nobody's. 
nobody's gonna like you. Mm. But I love it just because we kind of touched on this when we introduced Persian. Uh, I think it's a better transition from Meowth than classic yeah. Persian. Yeah. Because we go from cartoon cat to, you know, kind of realistic cat, whereas now it's cartoon cat to cartoon cat. Yeah. Like, it fits. Yeah. So I almost kind of wish they were, like, traded yeah. in terms of that. I said that already. Um, but I don't, but I'm not going to commit to that for my Mon Mod teaser. Okay. I have a different Mon Mod for you guys later. Um, but, you know, speaking of other cartoon inspirations, this week, uh, whenever we have weeks like this, I'll give you guys a little bit of a behind-the-scenes planning stuff. Whenever we have a week like this where the Pokemon are so distinct, I send my mom three pictures of different Pokemon, and I tell her to pick which one she wants to describe. Okay. And she said, I feel like if I say Daffy Duck, it'll be too obvious. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to move on to our Daffy Duck look-alike. Okay. Um, Psyduck, which is a favorite of mine, as I mentioned from the uh, start. And just with so many weird quirks to it, <laughs> yep. just in terms of its lore, in terms mm -hmm. of its typing, in terms of its design, everything like that. Um, so Psyduck is a water type that is first encountered, depending on how you're playing, either at the Seafoam Islands or in the Safari Zone. Because you remember the Safari Zone and sitting at any of the pools of water, fishing, trying to get that 1% chance of a Dratini. And if you don't remember that episode from the Pokemon show, then well, you probably missed it like I did because it's one it of the never episodes. Is that the one with the gun? That's the yeah. one with the gun. Yep. It's there was there. the one with the gun, the one with the epilepsy, and the one with James's boobs. Yeah, I missed all of those. <laughs> I think they aired... The epilepsy one never aired in America. Yeah, they aired the, as I'll say, again, James's boobs episode, but they didn't really <laughs> translate it as much. Like, they had the voice actors do their thing, but they didn't change the animation that much uh, with, uh, like, all the signage was still in Japanese and everything. Huh. But yeah, Safari Zone. That is where you might encounter a Psyduck. But yeah, so I love Psyduck, and again, I mentioned already in the episode, I don't think Psyduck shtick ever got old, because they found ways to mix it up with Psyduck just always managing to be, and I'm going to reference another one of my favorite shows in the world, Parks and Rec here, okay. where Ron Swanson pointed out about Jerry Gergich, Jerry, Gary, Terry, yep. Gergich, that in Yiddish comedy, there's a concept of the shlomizel and the shlomazel. And the shlomizel is the one who spills the sloop, the shlomazel is the one who has the soup spilled on him. Psyduck is both. Okay. <laughs> um, because he would just always come out, and it would always be different, and he would come out most of the time, like, completely against Misty's wishes. He would just pop out when Misty was getting ready to be all tough and put out Starmie or something like that. Uh, yeah. And then out comes Psyduck on its own free will. But, like, let's just talk about how Psyduck came to join Misty. Uh, Psyduck caught itself, probably the only Pokemon to have that feat, uh, because Misty was trying not to catch it. She dropped a Pokeball. This is a rare instance of Misty, of Misty being a dumbass. One of her Pokeballs fell and rolled towards Psyduck, who then tapped it twice with its beak, and then it was captured. Misty didn't even want the poor bastard. I love him. He's in the library for unwanted pregnancy. They were trying to teach us <laughs> lessons. <in the> <laughs> they wanted to get... It, it, sometimes you, you take a life into your own accidentally, but then you have to be responsible for it. And Misty could have abandoned it. You know, she could have taken him out behind Oak's lab, but she didn't. She brought him along. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's becoming an achievement for third chair guests if they can get me to put my head on the table. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Ethan just succeeded. Uh, wow. So I feel like in the show as well, 
I feel like Wobbuffet kind of cribbed his style a bit. Oh, you're right. He yeah, kinda, absolutely. He kind of came in and stole that whole like bit, and then just kept doing it more, and yeah. then got the credit for it. Yeah, Wobbuffet was poochy. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Wobbuffet was poochy. Wobbuffet's like one of those rock and roll singers in the '60s who covers all of the old blues men and gets all the credit for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's fucking Led Zeppelin. He's yeah, Led yeah. Zeppelin. Okay. He takes. Like, at least Elvis had to give the writing credits. True. Led Zeppelin is like, oh, well, here's a song called The Lemon Song. It's based on this other song that we're not crediting. We're oh, giving ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fuck Zeppelin. But yeah. Okay, I mean, wow. But I mean, and show side of it was so weird that Misty hated this thing so much because, yeah. first of all, it fit in her type archetype. And, mm-hmm. darling, you gave us the stats on how many, po- like, I think 30 of the first gen Pokemon are water types? Uh, something in that neighborhood? Yeah, something like that. So we're talking about, okay, so even still, that's still a good sixth of the Pokemon that we're going to, or fifth of fifth. the Pokemon. Yeah. Um, and... But still, that leaves 30 Pokemon for her. Yeah. And she hates this Pokemon. She, why? She could have just left the ball with someone. Like, Ashabandon's Pokemon. She could have traded. <laughs> he, he, he disposed of those things like like straw wrappers. Like, he, he could... But Misty hangs on to the thing that only causes her misery. I think it was implied at one point, like, she had the opportunity to get rid of it, but she was kind of reluctant for one reason or another. Like, she grew attached to the idiot. It's because yeah. it's... I remember specifically that I think that maybe the episode after Psyduck caught itself for her or something like that. It was very soon after when Psyduck revealed its psychic powers, which were OP as fuck. Yeah. God, I love um, that. Yeah, I love... Yeah, and she... And then, like, immediately after she, they demonstrated, I remember Ash, like, running, chasing her. The episode ended with Ash chasing her, trying to propose Pokemon trades to get Psyduck, and yep. she was just refusing them to mm-hmm. go down. Mm-hmm. But then proceeded to hate and give Psyduck shit, like... She'd literally hit him over the head sometimes just to trigger the psychic abilities. Yeah, it was like some Hulk Bruce Banner shit. So, okay, <laughs> so this is, like... Again, it's like there's all these mom allegories. It's like forcing your kid to do something to live through them, you know? It's like hitting him over the head to get him to use confusion is the equivalent of signing the cadet for dance practice when he doesn't want to dance. Gypsy you know? is Mama Rose from... No, sorry. Misty is Mama Rose from Gypsy. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have ever seen the original... I think it's 1970s horror movie Carrie, but Psyduck was basically oh Pokemon anime version of Carrie. Yeah. Where it's like, Misty was, as you said, literally trying to cause this Pokemon trauma to awaken these destructive psychic abilities. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh no, that scene where Psyduck just mutilates all the other Pokemon at prom. <laughs> I remember seeing that as a kid and being pretty shaken up. Kind of weird that episode isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Mis- had guns, though, so... <laughs> no, it was fine. So Misty is Piper Laurie, is what you're saying. Yeah, and Psyduck caused, you know, Pokemon Universe's John Travolta to get into a fatal car accident. Yeah. So, same yeah. thing. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of this, this duck's psychic powers, uh, darling, could you remind us what type this is? Water. The end. No other type. That is all. Yeah. Just water. Yeah. It's weird. It's, I mean, you know, we're talking, we've talked about the fact that Fairy got retconned in from subtype to major type, but yep. like the fact that they put Psy in the goddamn name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's something to be said for like the Psy name potentially being a switch that we'll touch on in a second, but they put it in the goddamn name. Like, yep. I know psychics were OP for Generation 1 and all that stuff, but it just seems like such a weird thing to me. And I don't know what else to say about it except for it's back. It's got, it learns psychic abilities. It's clearly depicted in the Pokedex, in the show, as having the ability to do these major psychic waves. But 
it's pure water. There's no other typing to it. And that was really weird to me, like, a couple years ago when I started to get back into the games, when I realized, wait a minute, Psyduck's just water? But, yeah. but what about literally everything I thought I knew as a child? Yeah, well, so this, we're back to my theory of Pokemon that are favorites. And this is another one of uh, one of the creator's favorites that almost was in line to be the opposite of Pikachu in the Let's Go iteration, um, except that they wanted a Pokemon with more of a color contrast. So that's yeah. why my mm-hmm. that's why my girl Eevee ended up on that. Yeah, card. that's probably a good that's probably a good choice. And Eevee belongs to Gary, who's the counterpart to to Ash. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like, there's a lot of lore behind it, yeah. but it's funny to me that even still, 20 years later, we're still seeing that. Hey, Eevee was not considered the automatic choice yeah. to be on that cover. I think I think for a while Clefairy was considered as a mascot. Like yeah. when they were designing Clefairy. Yeah, they, was, we touched on that a while back. Like Clefairy was going to be the mascot, which is why Which would have been a bad choice. Clefairy yeah. is too overdesigned for that. I yeah. think. And it was which a is why, type in Gen 1. Which yes. is why it's the Poké doll as well. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah. So that's why Rodan was a Poké doll. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, because that was the first one designed. First one designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I love the idea that there's, like, on Earth 2, there's yeah. Pokemon Let's Go Psyduck, and there's just this wonderfully, like, nicely drawn photo of Psyduck just right on yeah, the cover, just, like, just staring at you holding its head. And <laughs> I would buy that in a heartbeat. That it's Pokemon Let's Go Psyduck and Let's Go Clefairy yeah. in that situation. Oh, I never even thought about that. Weird. That's Earth 3. Earth 2 is Pikachu and Psyduck. We've Earth got, like, is... according to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we've got 3,432 Earths to yeah. postulate on, mm. at least. So we've got some space yeah. for, vari- for variant universes. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I am a big fan of Psyduck's design, so I understand why it was a favorite for being, like, a major feature on the show. And even to this day, like, it just has such character yeah. in terms of who it is. Which is not disparate in terms of the personality they gave it in the show with the personality that you just assume looking at the picture. Oh. It's so perfect that it just worked out that way. Yeah, like I love consistently how it's just depicted kind of like hands on its side. Like it's either the headache or it's hands on its side and just these blank eyes. And it's the funniest thing to mm-hmm. me. Like I stand by it's the Jerry Gergich of the Pokemon Yeah, universe. it's true. It's true. Um, or in a darker way, it's like the shining twins of the Pokemon <laughs> Come play with us, Misty. Come play with us forever. <laughs> but yeah, so darling, uh, shiny for this guy. Oh, there is. Yeah, the shiny is beautiful. Like the yellow rubber ducky look is already wonderful, mm-hmm. but the shiny is this really chilly looking icy blue color, and it's one of my favorite shinies so far. Uh, also, Which, interestingly, is hang on, that. Let me just, oh, sorry, uh, let me just interject mm-hmm. that I feel like this validates my theory that loved Pokemon get more interesting shinies. So we're looking again. So going by the color wheel theory that you're going by, yellow is adjacent to green and um, orange Hmm. or different shades of yellow if you're going by like a more detailed color wheel. So for them to make the jump to a blue and also to give it the color of its evolved form as it's shiny Hmm. shows a certain amount of like, oh, we're going to make this extra cool. Yeah. Well... You make a good point, but the Meowth line shinies are not great. They're pretty much just like the same but darker or lighter, depending on which way you're going with some of these. But I don't know. Like Meowth theory might makes... just be the biff of the family. Maybe like <laughs> yeah, maybe Meowth is liked but not well liked. 
<laughs> That's an Arthur Miller Death of a Salesman reference, kids. <laughs> Again, we're going back to middle school literature in this episode. You were reading so. Death of a Salesman in middle school? Damn, that is some heavy really shit. progressive middle school. Hi, I'm Yanato Baloo. Welcome to Mon Men. Um, <laughs> what if we just started the whole episode off again right now? Um, yeah, so today we'll be covering Golduck. I'm Michael Darling, and other interesting thing about Psyduck being a favorite is that it's one of the few Pokemon to appear in every region's Pokedex. So, like, black and white, they had a completely independent Pokedex with all new Pokemon in the initial game. When Black 2 and White 2 were released a couple years later, they expanded the Pokedex to have all of the newbies from black and white, as well as a bunch of veteran Pokemon, including uh, the Psyduck line, the Zubat line, and the Magnemite line. And so every regional Pokedex has featured, at some point, those three lines. And those are the only three that have been showing up consistently since 1996. I mean, the Zubat kind of makes sense because you always need that pest mm. flying cave Pokemon. Yeah. But, you know, the Magnemite's a little bit of a surprise there. Yeah. Pikachu um, doesn't have that treatment. It's the weirdest thing. Oh, where's Pikachu not show up? Uh, it... In Gen 5. Like, okay. it's not part of the Unova Pokedex. Huh. Yeah. All right, so we're dealing with our last head implant Pokemon next. <laughs> and moving into real head trauma Pokemon after that. But uh, Golduck... I mean, we kind of touched on this. I'm a big fan of the design. I just think it's a... Yeah, I like Golduck's design a lot more. Mm. It's sleek. It's badass. I love it when they do that kind of, like, juxtaposition, taking a Pokemon that looks schlubby like a Psyduck and well, then turning it into a... Well, there's a ton of Pokemon in Gen 1 that the first evolution is just an animal. <laughs> just a drawing of an animal. And then the second evolution is that animal with some sort of accessory and then, like, made to look cooler. Yeah. It's weird that I like this evolution... But I don't like the classic Meowth to Persian one. I think it's different enough. Yeah. Whereas the Meowth to Persian in Gen 1 is... It's a clear through line, but it goes into a different art style, I think, is a problem for oh, me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Whereas I, this yeah, just like, completely the changes one's the look. too much of a glow-up, whereas this one, like, you understand, I get why Golduck's kind of pissed. Like, you know? <laughs> at the same time, like, Meowth, they both definitely feel feline, at least. Like, yeah. the same mm. way, like, our house cat is related by some animal kingdom tree to mm -hmm. a cougar. Whereas Golduck... In, Golduck just feels like a decidedly... It's not a duck. It's got a bill. Like, if I saw a Psyduck-looking thing outside, I'd be like, that's a weird duck. <laughs> but I would recognize it as a duck. If I saw a Golduck outside, I would be terrified. Like, even if it's, like, what, four feet tall? I would wonder, why is there a crocodile with feathers here? It's a <laughs> man. Well, does it even have feathers? Like, maybe its feathers are really fine. But they look like, like a super When Detective Pikachu comes out, we might find out. True. Oh, Oh, he has feathers in that. Yeah. Maybe All the, consistently, the Detective Pikachu designs have been horrifying. I like it, though. <laughs> it fits yeah. the sort of city vibe they're going yeah. for. I'm, I'm down with the... Uh, I'm down with the little just, just Did you see the Lickitung? Yeah, I compared it to a Silent Hill creature. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I like it. I like that they lean into weird Mr. Mime. Like, that shows yeah, that right. they know that Mr. Mime's got a reputation. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give them Mr. Mime. I'm excited for Detective Pikachu because I just I want there to be a good Pokemon movie. And I just don't. Like, I want to believe the original ones. I just don't think they're that good. I want to believe that the creative director for Detective Pikachu walked in like Dwight Schrute on the first day of production and just like slapped a piece of paper against the wall that said, "Be careful what you wish for." Yeah. And then he just looked at them and was like, "Who's ready to work?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to create whimsy and bring fantasies to life. We're here to show people what's real. <laughs> they released a Pokemon two years ago that to 
frog the size of a man with a tongue for a scarf, and I want you to model eight of them. <laughs> and they did. And well, they literally they literally hired some guy off DeviantArt who had no, yeah. created all of those, like, what really if Pokemon cool, like... existed in the real world? And they were horrifying. Yeah. Speaking to, I'm a fan of Golduck. I think it's badass, as weird and extraterrestrial as it looks, but... Testing my theory again. Darling, what does the shiny for Golduck look like? It's blue. What's Golduck look like? It's blue. Oh, good job, Masuda. <laughs> <laughs> Golduck was not a favorite. Like, but, the beak is slightly pinker? But the irony of it is is that, like, there is that episode of the Pokemon uh, show that Misty thought she got a Golduck? Yes. I, I don't remember this one. But I don't remember this. Yeah. Darling, uh, well, they found sad. a Golduck, and... Misty, for some reason, thought that, oh, her Psyduck has finally evolved into something useful. But no, eventually she was disappointed to learn, but a little bit happy to see the wonderful, beloved Psyduck back. But she was disappointed, like, oh, no, he's still an idiot. It's not Golduck. Yeah. This Golduck is just a rando that stumbled upon us. Yeah, but I mean, there is... So even though Golduck is decidedly less ducky of a Pokemon design, there are there is like a little bit more of like another touch on folklore and yeah, sort of based on another cryptid in in Japanese folklore called the Kappa. Uh, they are uh, something called a yokai, which is sort of I guess a catch-all term for a demon or a ghost, a spirit, a yeah. spirit um, that inhabit the swamps. And they, I I think a lot like a lot of cryptids and and the, like I don't even know if cryptid's a good term because it's more of a f legendary creature yeah than like, this is more than like a chupacabra deal because i don't think i've heard of like kappa sightings or whatever hmm. but they're they're like a uh it's like they're a turtle-esque sort of amphibious creature that lives in the marshes and they have a like an indentation in their head like a depression in their head hmm. that fills with water and if that ever pours out then they die hmm. which and mechanically seems sort of similar to, to charmander with the mm -hmm. tail that once that yeah the water version like, of that. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I love, like, so many of these Japanese monsters have some rule where you can defeat them just through... Yeah. Like, my favorite is, uh, there's one that you have to, like, you just throw, like, stones or something on the ground, and it'll stop to count them. Yeah, like, vampires, the too. In, oh, in yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah. Or there's, there's a woman who will, like, follow you oh, home at night. wearing a mask, yes. a surgical yes. mask, and yes. she takes it off, she's got, like, a crazy, like, Cheshire well, smile. Yeah, like, first, so yeah, like, she'll and, first, she'll, be, she'll like, wear, she'll be, like, well, she's I wearing pretty. the mask, and yeah. she'll first ask, like, am I pretty? And so it's like, if you say yes, then she'll take it off. And she's got that... Uh, like a cut open mouth. Yeah, the Chelsea smile. Yeah. Yeah. And then she'll be like, do you still think I'm pretty? And if you say no, she'll kill you. I think out of spite. Yeah. If you say yes, she'll make you like her. And she'll cut mouth. your mouth open. Yeah. And if you way. say, I think the two options I hear a lot are, eh, like you're like so-so. She'll just be confused and you can leave. Or, or if you say I'm late to a meeting. Yeah, she'll just my favorite. Down. I think the real way to get away from her is to actually say, well, are we talking about modern media standards of beauty? <laughs> and you turn to a feminist conversation, her, which will make her uncomfortable. And engage her in a deeper conversation about yeah. body and representations of beauty and attractiveness. Yeah, and start modern. with the line, I read this really interesting interesting article on Vox, and she'll just leave. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And also, interestingly, with when it comes to Goldex design, this is something I've heard. I don't know how confirmable it is. And you hear a lot of stories like this about Gen 1 Pokemon in general. That the Golduck and Psyduck names somehow during development got switched. Which makes sense. Which makes sense yeah. because Psyduck is a decidedly yellow, goldish color. Yeah, it's a like rubber a ducky. golden duck. And Psyduck is the one with the very mystic looking gem mm. and the more psychic capabilities. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, and I yet it's that. still pure water. Yeah, yeah. To it's reference, a Greenland Iceland situation. Where... To reference <laughs> a point that was made by one of our other third chair hosts that's currently sitting in Bill's PC. Rest in Kev, peace, Brett. Uh, this one's actually Kev Kozer. Oh, I'm never mind. Well, who I still say that, rest in peace, Brett. Rest in peace, Brett. Good luck on your Digimon podcast. Um, <laughs> he he pointed out that like you know Occam's razor solution for these kinds of things is that it was probably an overworked translator who just yeah. Yeah. switched them. So before we move away from Golduck, I just want to point out a thing about the Kappa. In the red and blue Pokedex, it straight up says that it's often mistaken for, quote, the Japanese monster Kappa, which implies that in Poke Earth, there is Japan, which is confusing because the Kanto region of Pokemon is based on the Kanto region of Japan. And Johto's super Japanese. Yeah. But now I have a super meta fan theory here, which is, are these Pokedexes actually recording data for the Pokemon universe which they're in, or are they trans-dimensional oh, communicators for us? for us? Like, I mean, because we've already hit on the fact that in Pokemon Stadium, that Pokedex entry for Parasect referenced China. There have been references to Minnesota and all that stuff. We talked <laughs> about the fact that Giovanni pulled other Team Rockets to make Team Rainbow Rocket oh, from yeah. other dimensions. Well, not other Rocket. Team Rockets, but other villain team leaders. Yeah but, yeah, but they're aware of the multiverse. Yes. So I wonder if the Pokédex... It's not that Professor Oak hasn't done the research. Yeah, that's maybe. true, because it is a little bit weird that it's like, yeah, we've been living around these things for a very long time, and we're a technologically advanced enough civilization to be able to store living creatures as data, but we don't know how big Psyducks are, so 10-year-olds are going to go measure. <laughs> I don't know what a Pidgey is, yeah. even though there's one right out there. They've been eating out of my trash cans for years. Like, were, I think it was Dorkly had a honestly not particularly great series that was spoofing Pokemon, but the idea was that the Pokemon professor's job is just to count Pidgeys a couple times an hour, and that's it. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a great job if you can make a living off of it, really. Nice work if you can get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, Team Rainbow Rocket, where Giovanni pulled all of the other villains from their respective darkest timelines and to create the ultimate villain you got, team. You got the fourth NBC reference. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad someone was keeping track of that. Yeah. Uh, for those of you playing at home, we just hit bingo on the Circa 2009 NBC Must See Thursday lineup. So uh, Six seasons in a movie. I'm still waiting for my movie. <laughs> Get on that, damn It's too late. It's too late. It's I too know, far. It really is. They're not, they wouldn't be able to wrangle. Uh, they wouldn't, like, it was so going to be the, so many of them. So many on. of them are yeah. so big. And Chevy Chase is going to be dead soon. Well, like, he's already dead in the show. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. true. Yeah. Dead in the show. But no, it was supposed to be Community the Search for Troy. And, well, yeah. Donald Glover is now... It's too big for yeah. that. He's in, way he's too in big. Lion King. He's halfway Allison to an EGOT. He's way too big at this point. Oh, yeah. she married a Franco. She's part of royalty. She married the non-rapey Franco. Yeah. Which makes Franco. him the better Franco. <laughs> <laughs> the Franco who was in If Beale Street Could Talk. And I was very confused because I was like, wait, is that Dave Franco? Is he playing a Jewish guy? I'm. What's going on now? You know who else has a similar range to... James Franco? Mankey. Wait, James no, or Dave? No, Joe Pesci. Oh. But Joe Pesci is the spirit actor for Mankey, Mankey. Primeape, in my opinion. So, darling, if you could set us up here. <laughs> Joe Pesci is a fighting-type Pokemon uh, <laughs> that you first encounter at Route 5 in the red version only. And I have one other little note about that. Yellow has the Mankeys available earlier in the game, west of Viridian City on Route 22, so you can have an actual weapon against Brock, because otherwise you are fucked. Oh, that's, that's true. Because your only options at that point are your Bug Pikachu, which is types. not going to work against the half-ground Pokemon that Brock has, and then Bugs and Flying, which are weak to Rock. 
So bless you, Mankey, for coming to save the day. So darling, I'll leave the Goodfellas reference to you. I'm gonna say that in the Pokemon universe, we would be watching my cousin Mankey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did it. <laughs> so, so you were hinting at this before the show that uh, Mankey is the Goodfellas Joe Pesci of Pokemon, which to me implies that within Pokemon world, uh, Goodfellas, Joe Pesci is saying, funny how. Funny, like I'm a Mr. Mime? Do I amuse you? <laughs> See, I think Mankey is him in My Cousin Vinny, and now that I think about it, Primeape is him in, in Goodfellas. Because it's like angrier, it's more aggressive. Because like in Goodfellas, he like kills a guy for calling him funny. Well, he threatens to kill the guy, and then it turns out it's a bitch. So I think that's more of a Mankey vibe. Primeape would... Primeape's more of an Al Capone. Yeah, yeah. Fair like, you don't get that vein on your head all the time unless you're like really keeping the cocaine coming. <laughs> yeah, like in, in Goodfellas, he's at least like... It's apparent that this is a long simmering bit that he's been working on, and it's been going like he's done this to other mooks throughout his life. Because I think uh, De Niro is the one who eventually snaps it, and then they all just start laughing that this guy nearly pissed his pants because Joe Pesci was gonna kill him, basically. Yeah, and I mean, he was like, it's to make an "It's Always Sunny" reference and jump to a different network of TV shows we can reference today. Uh, he's the wild card. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and Mankey is very much and. Let's start with the show, Mankey. Um, yeah. Because that episode yes. is just, it's brilliant. It is an unusually brilliant premise for an episode. And Ash being a dumbass. Yeah. My favorite recurring segment to come to. Back yeah. in the Birdie with the Good Hair episode of this podcast, I referenced the fact that Ash trying to prove Pikachu wrong when Pikachu was being obstinate about not working with him. He tried to catch a Pokemon himself without Pikachu's help by throwing a rock. Which angered a Spiro. Ooh, are Spiros Joe Pesci's as well? Um, I think Joe Pesci is a type of Pokemon. I like, think Spiro... It's the mythical 19th type, where it's like Mankeys and Joe Pesci. Spiros. Mankeys and Spiros. Spiro Spiro um, <laughs> Spiro I, like, I like the pun. Yeah. I'm going to go with Johnny Depp from Blow. Um, <laughs> I just get the, the spiky hair thing. Just yeah, feels yeah. more like... Um, but that sure, being said, and in that, and in that kind of same vein, he also tries not long after to catch a Pidgeotto by just throwing a Pokeball at it without weakening it first. So this is like stuff he made mistakes with in the first five episodes. Yeah. Again, and Ash now, is in a coma, and he understands you have to throw Pokeballs at Pokemon to catch them, but he doesn't know how to actually weaken them. But he literally got advice from Misty yelling at him about you have to weaken the Pokemon first with Pidgeotto, and then like. Throwing the rocket Spiro obviously turned out poorly. Um, here we are with the Mankey episode. He tries the exact same goddamn thing with Mankey because in well, one ear out the other. Well, because like Gary had, he had found out that Gary had caught thirty Pokemon already, and Ash, being Ash, probably had only the six on hand. And so he was like, "Well, I'm going to try to catch this by just throwing a ball at it." And so there's this wild monkey, sorry, wild Mankey running around. Uh, and he throws a Pokeball at it, and instead he misses, and he catches a Rice Ball, because Ash is not just a dumbass, he's amazing at being a dumbass. Uh, so the Mankey gets angered, and he decides to beat Ash up and steal his hat. So the Mankey is running around for the rest of the episode wearing Ash's little Lexus logo hat. Mario 64. There's a monkey in that game that steals Mario's hat and runs away from it. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. But I want to kind of touch on the rice ball and the Pokeball thing. I wonder if in the Pokemon universe, college frat boys aren't icing each other by putting Smirnoff Ices into Pokeballs then. <laughs> <laughs> they found a way to turn Smirnoff Ice into data. If you could do a rice ball, why not? <laughs> no, yeah, Pokeballs are the 
most baffling part of Pokemon War, I think. Yeah. There's just no way to deal with that. Like, if I was writing for Pokemon, I wouldn't ever try to touch those. Just because there's no way to satisfactorily explain. Like, like so yeah. they can pick up objects. Can they pick up people? What happens when a person's in one? What do the animals see inside? Yeah. Are they constantly sentient of the fact they're in a ball? Or does it just black out? Like, is, is if, the, if you can transport objects, how big of an object? There's got to be a comfort issue because the Pokedex in the first episode notes that some Pokemon do not like being confined to yeah. that's Then it's inhumane. So that that's like is a, huge, a sentient that's aspect a huge, yeah. What if you lose one? Like, yeah. Yeah. what I if you put a person and throw in a river? Like, do you starve to death? There's just I a mean, million things that and you let's, can... And let's just, aside from the ethical questions, which are horrifying. Yeah, it's a bad universe to be in. Um, let's consider the fact that if we could digitize any form of matter, far less the complex biological matter of like a living creature be able to digitize and undigitize them, we're not cockfighting anymore to figure shit out. We yeah. are suddenly able to fix all of the world's it's problems. A, well, it's a post-scarcity world. It's a post-scarcity yeah. Counterpoint, world. if we are post-scarcity, then maybe we'll just do cockfighting as our only That's source of entertainment. True. Actually, that explains a lot about the world because it's like it doesn't seem like people have jobs. It doesn't like, seem like Ash has to work to fund his little. Journey. Some of them work, but like, I mean, it's a Pokemon-based economy. It's all every it's town has a Pokemon. So my whole thing with like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the Pokemon do get free healthcare, so I guess yeah, they are living in a socialist yeah, wonderland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, welcome back to Wokemon. Blast, blast Bernie Sanders. <laughs> That's a blast burn pun, and it's and it's top of the Well, I think the rice ball got caught just in the, the Pokeball opened, it landed on a rice ball. I don't think it digitized Bernie the Sanders. rice ball, but Bernie. there we go, Bernie Sandshrew. All right, so while we're <laughs> The comparing... top 1% of the Pokemon have 99% of the moves. So if, we're, so if we're comparing Pokemon to real-world politicians, I'm actually going to move us into comparing Pokemon to real-world creatures, and... Okay. This is. Let me just. That was to a transition. Behind, to go, I know I'm great at these. Um, <laughs> to go behind the scenes a little bit, uh, Ethan and I are in the same, and this is the most LA way to meet somebody. We are in the same improv class. Yep. And he just goes on these amazing bits about real world biology, zoology, and things like that. So I'll let you take the lead on this one. I defer to it. Yeah, Pokedex measurements are bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. Like, obviously, the people at Game Freak are pretty knowledgeable individuals. With like, like, so they had the, they had the the resources to be able to research very heavily in depth the folklore behind all these amazing inspirations. Mm -hmm. But either like, either it was a translation issue, but they seem to have doubled down on it. Like, it's it's a problem in like every gen. Pokemon sizes don't make any sense. So Mankey is written as being um, where is it like twelve. To 22 inches, two to three feet tall. Yeah, that's yeah. a big range. It's so that's a big that's a big animal, like a two to three foot tall animal, especially like a spherical one. I guess we don't know how big its body is. <laughs> For reference, yeah. imagine taking going to a doctor when you were 12 and being told, yeah, you when you're done growing, you'll either be somewhere between six and 12 feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> that's the equivalent. Yeah. Well, I mean, there. you put well, in the next. There are some animals like that, especially because of sexual dimorphism, you'll get a huge range of sizes. So I could buy maybe monkeys come in a sort of sizes. Mm -hmm. huh. What we have in the notes here, uh, the capuchin monkey is 12 to 22 inches. And for context, and because this is NBC Thursday night, apparently, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Marcel from Friends. How weird was it that they had a monkey on that show for, like, the first season? It was just the most... Honestly, like, I hate Friends. I think that show benefited... I'm going to go on the record here. I am a Seinfeld 
fan. And I grew up on Seinfeld. Friends is a ripoff of Living Single, which is a much better show. It's a white ripoff of Living Single. It was not nearly as funny. It coasted on Seinfeld's coattails it's because of Wobbuffet of TV shows. Oh, oh my God, yes. My God, you're right. But um, but yeah, no. One true thing they did was that when Ross got dumped by whatever, uh, I think when he got broken up with by his wife, he did the most white person in a recent breakup thing in of, the nineties. No, even to this day of like taking up a brand new like super uh. obnoxious hobby you know, <laughs> that he had to impose on yeah. all his friends. And his I was focusing was, more on the monkey angles. Buying a monkey seems more like a thing you could do in the nineties, just on a whim. Um, I feel like you could still. I'd ask the listeners, you know what, this is one time I'm going to ask the listeners to at me on Twitter. Tell me about a friend that broke up with you that took up yoga, <laughs> being vegetarian, brewing, cycling, brewing, brewing. monkeys. What are, other, what are the other stereotypes? Improv classes, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Podcasting. Podcasting is another one. <laughs> but yeah, and so him Talking taking... about writing a novel, but not writing a novel. <laughs> anyway, though, with, with the Pokedex measurements. So oh, yeah. Despite being roughly the size of. Oh, we don't know exactly what its well, body looks like. A capuchin. Like, it's covered in, in hair. No, not a capuchin. But, but it's like a big fuzzball. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, despite being roughly the size of. I'd say a medium sized dog. It weighs uh, 61 pounds. So it's. Thick. It's a heavy. It's a heavy animal. It's and a thick. fat boy. Yeah, muscle so, is dense. Yeah. yeah. So this does this this I, this part of it makes sense. So I, I these measurements I can see right. Mm -hmm. It's it's definitely heavier than a capuchin monkey, but it's round. It's muscular. You know, uh, chimpanzees weigh a little bit more than that, and they're only a little taller. You know, so I can see that being the case. Primate. And I know this is jumping ahead a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we're yeah, we bounce, we bounce. A primate's three feet tall. It's almost twice as tall as your average monkey, and only weighs ten more pounds. Which is kind of weird because, like, which is a direct violation of the square cube law, which is the principle in biology <laughs> that the bigger you get, the exponentially heavier you are. Yeah. So by essentially doubling in physical size, it should have squared in volume. It, it, it should be in like the three hundred and fifty pound range or something. Yeah. But it's very light for as big as it is. Oh yeah, for sure. So it's it's a weird measurement, but it's definitely not as bad as a lot of other Pokedex measurements. I think one of the worst in the first gen is I think Onyx is listed as being like four hundred pounds. Well, he's another Pokemon that like as far as consistent size representation goes, like Who this knows? is where the show like where Onyx would sometimes be in the first episode he appeared in as a gym battle, he was like fifty feet tall. Mm. And then when he needed to be, he was only ten feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, four hundred and sixty-three pounds. Height of 28 feet. Yeah, that definitely So despite it. being as long as a school bus, <laughs> it weighs a little bit less than a baby cow. <laughs> uh, They're very know. light rocks. I have met people who weigh more than a 29-foot-long rock snake. Uh, preview for listeners, we're going to have Ethan back on for the Waylord episode. Oh, yeah, that one should... But that one actually kind of makes sense, because they, they depict it as being like a blimp that can fly. Yeah. So, like, that one, it's like, maybe it's just like uh, like the Hindenburg of Pokemon, and just sort of scoots around in the air. The Hindenburg of Pokemon. I want to loop this back to actually point out another case. Like, we've already... Hindenburg, you self-destruct. I've already done my bi-weekly thing of calling Ash a dumbass, but I want to also point out that not only does he lose to a manky that he tries to just throw a Pokeball at, but his Pokedex also has a gap in it, so Gary still owns him in that regard at the end of the yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. There's some irony for you. So He's trying to close up the gap in the Pokedex, mm. does not catch a Mankey. Instead, he catches a Primeape. Yeah, so because picking back up in the episode, our Mankey hero, because let's face it, this is a Mankey episode. It's not an, uh, an Ash episode. 
Mankey is the clear hero here. Yeah. Uh, Mankey attacks Ash, steals his hat, and then is dancing around for most of the episode wearing this hat. Uh, and looks great in it, I must add. Uh, so then the Mankey winds up meeting up with Team Rocket as you do. James, like, punches the Mankey or something, hits it, uh, and the Mankey gets so angry it evolves into Primeape and then just wails on Team Rocket. Uh, Ash is able to defeat the Primeape with Charmander and then catch Primeape, and Primeape is around for a couple of episodes until Ash, being a dumbass, gives it away. To train with another trainer who actually applies themselves to training Pokemon. So yeah. this is like some fighting boxer type Mickey dude who <laughs> like... Mickey from Rocky, not Mickey the Mouse for context. Mickey Mouse has fingers, but, but Primate doesn't. Primate doesn't. Primate's got boxing glove type deals. Except they don't look padded. It just looks like its fingers are fused together. And it's got training weights on its on its arms, which... See, that's the weird thing. That is weird, but I, I, could see, I could see it being a reference to, like... I could see it being an evolutionary thing. You know, it gives it more mass to its punches, and it makes its muscles artificially stronger by having to lift them around all the time. Is yeah, that I mean, the extra 10 pounds? I yeah, yeah. I mean, being a fan of kung fu movies, like, there is that, like, kung fu trope of, like, Take the, heavy, the heavy fighting style that uses those weights yeah. as, like, extra mass and inertia for your punches. Yeah, but, everything about Prime Ape is weird. Like, I've touched on the rage mark that's yeah. been a feature of it since literally the sprite in Gen 1. Even, like, on the little Game Boy sprite, they made sure to have that rage mark clearly defined. I mean, I will say this. It is weird to me that we're pointing out the fact that, like, hey, this Pokemon evolved boxing glove hands. Which, like... Flippers... And weights. It's evolved weights, which is the weirder thing to me. I mean, we already dealt with a Pokemon in episode one that evolved metal guns mm. into and, its shell. And that, 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 that's a thing that can happen in nature. There are There's a deep-sea species of snail that's evolved to incorporate iron into its own shell. Wow. And there are species of... It's, like, a similar to a cricket. It's a jumping insect that evolved gear-like... Uh, structures in its hind legs that lock together and store kinetic energy and then unlock and allow it to spring itself forward. So that's the thing that can happen in real life. Wow, so when we... We have a true expert on the show today, John. I watched a lot of Animal Planet when I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that when we get to the clink, clank, and cling-clang line... That'll be, what, four years from now? <laughs> I think I did the math on it. Yeah, we're 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 in for about four years of podcasting wow. if we keep up the bi-weekly schedule. Yeah. Um, but that being said, when we get there, we'll bring you back. Great, I'd be love, love to. I think we'd have to bring you back a couple times. Great, but, yeah, uh, I'd love to. But I feel like Gen Three is the generation that I remember really feeling like these are not feeling like natural creatures anymore. I'm gonna have to double back on this when we go through the Pokedex in a little bit more detail. But I remember there was a certain span of it that felt a little bit too artificial. Yeah where they started veering more in that Digimon type of direction, where I was like, oh, some of these feel like something, like the Pokemon designers just went out to like Michael's or like Home Goods and just started designing Pokemon based on tchotchkes yeah, rather which than Which is nature. one of the reasons I love Alola so much is Alolan designs are all very organic looking. Like and almost all of them are based in animals. Yeah, it's a very Hawaiian influence thing. Like even the fairy ones have a Hawaiian, like they might have non-organic touches, but they're Hawaiian influence. Yeah. Though I do really, I, Gen 3 might be my second favorite when it comes to Pokemon mm. designs, even though they're not as I'm natural. Just, I'm just saying yeah, Gen yeah, yeah. 3 is like a general thing. Like, I don't know for sure. I haven't, like, No, but you're, you're right. Like, they're, they they were more, there was a lot, even if you look at the starters. Like, the starters in Gen 1 were a dragon, a big turtle with guns, and 
to be fair, Venusaur is like a, a really cool design with a mm -hmm. bunch of influences from different animals. Like it's mm -hmm. not just one animal. Yeah. Where, whereas well, but, I think frog base is what they've frog said. Frog turtle. Because it's like kind of like, it's like a frog, a turtle, and a lizard. Because those are things that you could have in your household. Whereas, whereas, <laughs> but like I've said a couple times so far on this podcast, Gen One was a lot just it's an animal and it's mm -hmm. kind of like a gimmick. Mm -hmm. But but Gen Three introduced a lot of forms that took some cues from animals, but were very very original. So like if you look at those starters, Blazing can. Yeah. It's, it's like a what? Well, what it, is it? It starts as like... I love Blaziken, but it's not like an It's animal. a literal like, cockfighting I mean, like, Pokemon. Like, 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 they start looking like animals, but it's it's its own thing. And it looks it looks good, though. Hmm. And like Swampert, right? It starts mm -hmm. as an axolotl, but like it it's just its own deal. It's its own yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. And even Sceptile, it's based on some dinosaurs, but like it's completely its own form, which I really liked about a lot of gym. Hmm. But the regionalizing of Pokemon for variances is something we see in the real world. I mean, you know, because, uh, you know, what is the flying speed of a European swallow versus an African swallow? True. Well, it depends if it's laden. Laden or unladen? True. Good point. Yeah. You know, that was an Easter egg on Ask Jeeves back in the day. Like, it would, you would put, like, what is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? And it would say African or European. I mean, I love those kinds of internet uh, mm -hmm. Easter eggs. Uh, Easter eggs. My favorite has to be the Google. What is the uh, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? Everything. Like if you ask the oh. Adams question, it just gives you forty two. Yeah. Um, but what we can ask ourselves now is a more important question. Yeah. Which is how would we change one of these Pokemon today? So welcome to Mon Mods, listeners. So again, to introduce, we'll take turns, we'll go around, and we'll pick a Pokemon, a family of Pokemon. We can change one thing about them that we think improves them in some way. Design, typing, moveset, however technical or in grain you want to go. But I will start us off as always. My whole thing is, and I kind of alluded to this earlier when I referenced Daffy Duck trying to mislead our friends on the Mon Mom segment. I would like another variant of Golduck uh, and Psyduck. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe Alolan, maybe, and I hope they continue this trend. Well, yeah, there's so there's so much potential, like because these are all island based. But yeah. if we have another mm. location that's based in, say, because there's a deciduous forest, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, mm. so a Pacific Northwest deal, you know, or, or like or like a, a a more Arctic place. Or, so yeah, so give me a Daffy Duck or Mallard type Psyduck. Okay, that is straight up psychic, or maybe like psychic steel or something like that. I like, would personally love an Egypt based region because that would allow for a lot of different. Like not in addition to, or even just Middle Eastern based, and give us like yeah. a totodile. So like you have like a Nile crocodile versus oh, like, that's good, or even with Persian. Well, know, I feel like they get... never make a variant of a starter. The starters seem to be like they might get mega evolutions, but the starters seem like something that they want to keep quote unquote pure. Yeah. Well, here we are telling Game Freak right now, Game Freak, you're listening. We know you are. No, actually, they could do they could do <laughs> one for each of the animals because they could do for for Gen Two starters. Yeah. They could do yeah they could do the very Egyptian looking mm -hmm. uh, Nile crocodile type deal. Mm -hmm. They could do um, uh, a more meerkatish type syndical. Yeah, more meerkatish type syndical and a more like lily based. Like you know how there's a lot of like in the Nile there's a lot of floating plants and lily based. Plants. Okay, I like I like the meganium that instead of the flower around it, it's more like Ooh. a lily pad type deal. And the water grass type is not an unheard of dual typing. Is no, Ludicolo's got it. So I love Ludicolo. Ludicolo. Everyone is a, loves Ludicolo. That's a Pokemon you would party with. That, yeah, that's a Pokemon that shows up with like like everyone. Everyone's happy when he's when he's around. He brings so the good. Me, so let me circle yeah. it back. I want a dark water type Psyduck. Okay. So give me you a dark a duck. Yeah, because I want it to be like Daffy Duck colored. Okay, cool. Like <laughs> Pacific Northwest Dark Duck, basically. Nice. But it's still called Psyduck because 
Kanto dominance and yeah. hegemony and all that sort of thing. So, Ethan, please. Yeah, so like I've said before, I I really like Persian's design. I just wish it was viable. So, and this is a pretty extreme mod, but I would love to see it get the sort of Gen 4 treatment that a lot of other Pokemon get and give it a third evolution. Hmm. But unlike Gen 4, don't over-design it. Like, we don't need the Electivire deal. Like, mm -hmm. just, just... I would love to see it because it's fine for a second evolution. Like Persian's okay for mm -hmm. if it's the second step to a third thing, but I think if we could give it, and I know there's already a lot of cats, right? The Leopard line, the Shinx line, the Litlio line, but I think we could. There's still room to. There's a lot of cats in real life, oh, yeah. and I think if we could, if we kept going with the majestic sort of white cat thing, like if we gave it a bigger lynx. Look, mm -hmm. like with the big tufted ears, you know, I like and the it. I like tail. it. And lean into the there's the sort of Hindi implication with the with the um, the jewel, jewel in the head uh, go into more a Himalayan direction. Give it like a snow leopard lynx look. Yeah, you know? I was just about to go with leopard. Yeah, there in that in terms of the region. I so since you said snow leopard, I just have to ask: Would you have it be like normal slash ice? Normal ice could be really cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm a though that's a rough typing. That's four times a week against fighting. We oh, defy, God, right. We to rock, we to... Yeah. Like, I think I might want to just keep it normal. Maybe normal rock. But, hmm. which, I, that's also four times a week to fighting, but a little bit more viable. Yeah, I think they haven't added a normal slash something else Pokemon that is weak to fighting. Yeah. But, I mean... Or four times a week, rather. <clears throat> I mean, there are other typings that you could go with out there, like... Just going with the fact that it's a leopard in a jungle region like yeah. mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities for things you could say in the environment that influence it you could say that it's a black leopard in which case it's dark you could say that it's in the trees uses the forest for camouflage so it's become grass yeah any number of things I ghost maybe normal Ooh. ghost does that exist so maybe that's like a phantom no that's leopard, a weird that's one why it's that's like a stealthy. weird one but that one could be good because that negates the fighting weakness yeah it's I still weak to dark. Yeah. And that I, would be cool. So we don't need to buff its stats too much. I mean, give it a workable attack stat. Give it something <laughs> like 100. You know, like, like, and then keep the rest low defenses, but make up for it with a stellar normal ghost typing that eliminates a lot of weaknesses. Well, I Ooh, like that the fact that weird I, like, I, I like taking this very real world creature into a ghost typing because I feel like, especially, like, after Gen 1, or even since Gen 1. And then we'll like, get rid of the ghost weakness as well. Ghost types, well, ghost types just have always been so, like, far out there and cartoony, because they are ghosts. Well, but yeah. I mean, like, we also, when we think about ghosts in the real world, we think about phantasms of real figures, real And figures, there's a real, real phenomenon ghosts. of people seeing ghost cats. Like, that's yeah. Yeah. not real in that the ghost cats exist. But I don't believe in ghost cats. But, but there's lots of legends about ghosts, especially with, like, ambush predators that live in the jungle. Cats and ghosts are icons that get mixed a lot. Oh, you know? I like that. I like a ghost cat. Like, I like a normal ghost type. That's weird, and I love you're it. You're welcome, Game Freak. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Call me. If you're making a China-based, for your next region, doing a Himalayan ghost cat would be dope. God, it sucks that if they were to do a China region, they've already wasted the Monkey King. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, so darling, bring us home. All right. Uh, so I have no complaints about the base designs of these mons, especially now that we have a proper goofy-looking Persian. Uh, so all I have to say is just give Golduck a better shiny. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why, but I'm feeling like red or purple or obviously gold, uh, just because that would be a nice yeah. switch with what Psyduck's doing. This is a terrible shiny. Like, yeah, it's not as bad as... Or is it Garchomp, I think, where it's like only one little pixel is different, mm -hmm. but 
Yeah, like, it's not a good shiny. Yeah, I feel like Psyduck shiny shows how much they love it, that they gave it the color of its evolved form, and yeah. then Golduck shiny shows how much it's an afterthought. That being said, we've talked about how we would change the Pokemon as they exist in their current universe. Let's bring them into our universe. Welcome to Mon's world. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my world! Ethan, if you'd lead us off this time. Great. I am a recent transplant, like a lot of people in LA. Um, from Minnesota, and because of the proximity to Canada, we have a ton of geese up there. Um, and I've been late to work before because flocks of geese blocked the road in front of my car. Like, because they're bigger animals, and if you mm. were to mow them down with your car, it'd be cruel, but it'd be messy. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel any sympathy for geese. I think they're garbage animals that deserve to be removed. But but I don't want to. Geese are assholes. They're horrible. I, I happen to have I happen to run cross country in middle school. Oh, oh um, yeah. So you're gonna run into through geese. a nest of geese that would like pod there like during the fall season, yeah. and they were it was the reason why I broke so many PRs <laughs> because like there was like a, there was literally like a 50 meter stretch where these geese would just attack you yeah. if you were not running fast enough. And so, like, yeah, it just ruined my pacing. When I went to high school and tried to run cross-country, I was and just like... And there weren't like, any murder birds. There weren't any murder birds. I was just so not used to having to do a dead sprint yeah, no, halfway just, through a three-miler. They're entitled. You know, I don't like their... Like, ducks are ducks. Ducks are fine. They, they keep to themselves. Geese are entitled. And so they block the line. They, they mm -hmm. block the road. And these are just 50-pound... No, not... Wait, not 50 pounds. They're, like, total 20, 30-pound birds that still manage to cause huge traffic issues. In, in Pokemon Platinum... Psyduck does the same thing. Like, canonically in the game, you can't progress until you find, you get a specific medicine from Cynthia that allows them to, you fix their migraines and they get out of the road. So Psyduck are headache geese? Yeah, I feel like Psyduck, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like Psyducks would fill a similar role to Canada geese, which is just a public nuisance that's constantly obstructing the flow of traffic. And even though in the Pokemon universe, you don't see a lot of cars. Yeah. That's fair Maybe enough. it's another post-scarcity deal. There is a Pokemon game that starts with you in a moving van. Yeah, that's true. Oh. The truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's Ruby? in... Like yeah, a yeah. No, it's Ruby. It's Ruby. Yeah. I'd, it's, well, because I know, like, the last two gens, you've only recently moved into town. Yeah. No, but in Ruby, you start in the bed of a truck. And yeah. You're yeah. Actually, yeah. Now yeah. that I think right, about right. it, though, how did they get there? Because the Little Root Towns just got one exit, and mm. it's through, like, the the tall grass. Oh. So are all the trainers standing there with their wormholes? Like, it's like, they're jumping <laughs> up the <laughs> truck. Well, if we're bringing up Pokemon trucks, there is the most famous truck in all of Pokemon. The one that is normally inaccessible, because you don't have Surf at this point in the game, usually. Oh, yes, the one that but, hides under. <laughs> yes, the famous one where if you managed to faint somewhere on the SS Anne so that you could come back to it later when you have surf and then surf into the water and go over to this one little landmass on the side and there's a random truck sprite that is just there and the urban legend on the playground as a kid was that if you use strength that's where Mew was but it's not true obviously however they've done a great thing in the latter games including the let's go games where if you use strength on that or the strength equivalent on that truck you get some like, minor power-up item. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, the spur, the spur for that was people found in the game's data a slot for Mew, but the data was unused. Yep. There was no way to encounter Mew in the wild. There was no trigger for it. There was, it was no... a missing number. Yeah, mm. it was mm. a missing number. Um, and they speculated that of all the things in the game that had not been turned over or moved, 
there's this truck in this island that has not served any other purpose of, you know, and game. And it's the only truck in the entire game. Yeah. yeah. And somebody drew a sprite for a truck. Like, that takes man hours. Yeah. Like, that's a decision that has to be made. Especially because, as I said, it's somewhere that you wouldn't normally encounter in the main quest. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things that got debunked by real-world fact, like, or real-world facts, which was just underreported because the myth became so much bigger And it was during it. a weird golden era in video games where games were complex enough to have weird secrets, mm -hmm. but we weren't far enough along in the internet where you could instantly debunk them as soon as you wanted Exactly. To. Like, if you could, if you were an adult and you really wanted to look it into it, but mm -hmm. like yeah. for the average middle schooler or, or elementary schooler, you didn't have access. Yeah. Nowadays, you mm -hmm. just have an iPad. And hey. Yeah, 1996 was a weird time. Yeah. I know that if I beat 20 people in Cruel Smash, then Sonic and Tails will show up in yeah, Melee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I manage to beat Mortal Kombat without taking a single hit until the final boss battle, then I would be visited by Smoke. Yep. It was like another palette swap. I thought, zero. I thought it was the entire cast of Street Fighter. Which that show. was for Shenlong. Oh, okay. Um, for Street Fighter 2. Yeah, there are, no, there are a number yeah. of these. But well, I, mean, I think the one on the playground for me was if you beat Mortal Kombat without taking a hit, all the Street Fighter characters would unlock, which, but okay. knowing how oh. IPs work now, that's not how it goes. No, yeah. but. <laughs> but Mon Man is going to do a public service for the world right now, and we're going to debunk this myth once and for all, which is the fact that Muse data existed in the Game Boy cartridge because it was always a planned public event and promotion to give away Mew. And they actually repeated this later with Celebi, but mm. they did a better job advertising yeah. it up front. Yeah. But with the old-school Game Boy cartridge, they needed to leave the spot in the memory and the REM open for it, so that uh, when they did the link cable, Mew would show up as a yeah. recognized Pokemon and not fuck your game. Yeah. yeah. Although there is, there are ways to get Mew within a copy of Pokemon, but we'll get to that. Yeah, you're basically... There are glitches you can exploit. No, no, like 25 or something, right? In 90 monsters or so, we'll get to it. we're going, probably episode 20. Yeah. Um, we're probably going to combine Mewtwo and Mew. Um, of course. But that said, uh, my, mon, my Mon's world Oh, yeah, that's where day, we are. Um, the only thing I'm going to add to this, because I agree with both of you guys, is going to be Meowth or House Pets. I just think Lucky House Pet, they generate money for you. Why the hell not? Um, Persians, probably a little bit more of extreme of a house pet, but... Hey, if you're in a world where these creatures can understand English and obey your commands, why not? seem to hurt people. Yeah, it's like except for Mankey could beat up ass. But then they're so. fine. Like he's a ten-year-old who got brutalized by an animal. And <laughs> yeah, but okay. Persians, like, but Persians' attack stat is so low that like if you could keep yeah, a Mankey, true. guess what? It's like getting attacked <laughs> by a Dunsparce. Yeah, which is um, a format. Um, but, and but my main thought that yeah. I had was you know in. Like, foreign countries, especially in India and Malaysia, like, it's noted that monkeys are pests for tourists. And, yes. like, if you have not looked this up, look up drunk monkeys on YouTube and just look up, like, where <laughs> yeah. these monkeys are, like, so... There's a great Planet Earth bit about it. Yeah, so inured to the fact that tourists are constantly leaving half-finished drinks at bars that these monkeys are just constantly, like scoping out half-finished drinks to steal and just drunk all day. Hmm. It's fantastic. That's what I think Mankey would be doing. I think they'd be losing <laughs> their fighting contender status. Would probably and... lose the anger. Oh no, he'd be a dangerous drunk. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. I think well, he'd actually be that... a sad drunk. I think he, that's he, why he's kinda, so angry he, when he's or, sober. Or the happy weepy, like, I love you, man. You know, I sometimes well, don't show it. Well, the drunk primate would be like Brando in On the Waterfront just being like, I could have been a contender instead of my bum. Uh, which brings me to my Mons world, which obviously what both of you have said, true. The way I see it, though, 
we already know Pokemon is dogfighting, basically, but there's definitely some illegal underground kind of dogfighting going on, which inevitably involves monkeys or involves mankeys or primates with knives in international waters. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying mankey knife fight. Fun fact about this, I had a substitute teacher back in fourth grade who taught us the smartest and best way to knife fight. So what? Run away? No, it is just the way you hold the blade. This oh, game okay. is that tip, which is that most people try to, well, I'm not going to say this for the podcast because theater of the mind, but point being, there is a smarter way to hold a blade for knife fighting. Great. It's just more defensively capable. Why um, was the substitute teaching you this? Because he could? I don't know. He was a substitute. It's not like he had tenure to lose. I <laughs> fought one of the kids and he was horrible at it. <laughs> so, so something you can use a knife for is cooking. So that leads wow. me into my favorite segment of every episode. Mon appetit. Like my personal crack medicine. Mm-hmm. I will lead us off on this one, and because I live in California where this has become illegal, um, and again, as I promised in last episode, I'm not letting my vegetarianism hold me back Mm -hmm. on murking some Pokemon for fictional meat eating, I want some Psyduck foie gras. I think you feed that Psyduck... I mean, look at it. It's like paunchy. It definitely has an appetite. Yeah. Like, Golduck is trying to stay sleek and lean and all that, but Psyduck is definitely eating some shit. I want you to feed that side duck the good shit and give me its liver. Like, dice it up, season it up for me, give me that foie gras. Ethan, what would you eat today? Yeah, I feel like the duck's going to be the most obvious go-to when compared to a cat and a monkey. Like, these are all technically animal animals, but just from a cultural standpoint, I feel like the duck's the one that's the most palatable. Um, just in the name of variety, I'm going to go with egg-based. And I know all Pokemon have eggs, um, but I imagine the duck eggs are tastier than the cat eggs would be like balut or what was that balut the vietnamese duck egg dish it's like i'll admit i thought you were mispronouncing no, my same. name there for i'm a not that wrong <laughs> i thought you were setting up a bit yeah we can cut it i've seen duck eggs in the grocery store yeah. I, I i know they exist and people like them enough to be able to eat them so i'm gonna go with a nice like psyduck omelet you I'm, know i'm glad nobody here is saying manky brains like that uh delicacy nah, goes I, I don't want to get, get, get ebola yeah, I'm not down with that either. Balut is a developing bird embryo that is boiled and eaten from the shell. Mm-hmm. It is often from and is commonly sold as street food, sorry, in the Philippines, not Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That is right. Balut. So maybe there's Psyduck Balut. Well, I'm going to assume you don't want to eat Balut, darling. No, no. It seems we're all cooking duck without stick this week. And so I'm thinking Psyduck Lorange. You know, nice duck Lorange, but with Psyduck. Very fancy. And maybe they all have headaches because I'm going to roast and sauce them. I love it. That sounds fantastic. And gentlemen, I want to say thank you for this journey today. Yeah, thanks for having me <laughs> Through on. these three families. Ethan, uh, I want to have you back. Awesome. Like, yeah. straight up. I'd be um, down to come back. But before we let you go, uh, do you have anything you want to plug that you're working on or anything like I that? I have written Pokemon-based material in the past. I have a friend who has a YouTube channel called What's So Great About Gaming. And I wrote, as a guest, I wrote a, a video essay about the Nuzlocke challenge in Pokemon. Oh, and why nice, that's important. nice. Um, so if you check out his channel, that, that, that'd be something to go look at. What's so great about gaming at YouTube? All right, well, Mr. Darling, if you could give us the preview for next episode and what we'll be covering. Next time on Mon Men, we have the Growlithe line, the Poliwag line, and the Abra line. 
it's going to be a fun one. So We say that every week, though. Well, it's always a fun one, and I'm never lying, so yeah. here we go. I, just once, I hope we get some Pokemon where you're just like, oh, this is going to suck. When we get to Jenks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that whole line. Mr. Mime's up there. Ugh. Scyther's right in the middle, and I love Scyther, true, but it's true. Mr. Mime on one end and Jinx on the other. It's going to be painful. Well, Anyhow. tomorrow's problems are tomorrow's problems. For today, we're going to kick that can down the road. For today, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Once again, I'm Yanata Blue. I remain Michael Darling. Thanks for being here.